Hello, I'm Scott Soshnick. I'm Evan Novi Williams. And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast, where we, we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Today, we begin with a story, Scott, that is you. Yeah, more more in the sports data world. Yeah. Genius Sports uh, was sold to a collection of funds that's advised by Apex Partners. And Genius is another one of these sports data firms. They supply data to the gambling houses. They have partnerships with leagues all over the world. EPL, for instance, Major League Baseball for integrity. The NCAA on a big data deal, should the NCAA look to make money off its data. Gee, Eben, you think maybe in the future they'll look at that? I think it's possible. <laughs> so, But Sport Radar, another firm like that, uh, they had a piece that was sold not long ago, valued the company at $2.4 billion. Uh, they are part-owned by Mark Cuban, Ted Leonsis, Michael Jordan. This is all about the sports betting bar. The data is extremely important. It's got to be fast, and it's got to be accurate, which is sending the value of these companies towards the sky. You know, back in the day, you just had a guy who was handicapping the games like you in the old Jimmy school, the Greek. Las Vegas, Jimmy yeah. the Greek, and and now you have all this data, computer data. I, I worry, are we going to get to the age of a bot is going to make the bet? Yes, that we will. We, we're we, already I, there. We, yeah. we have to, allow me to answer. Yes, as you fire up your Commodore sixty four, the, the the answer will be yes. Yeah. So we're I mean we're a couple months, more than that, three or four months uh, past the the Supreme Court decision that lets states legalize sports gambling if they want to. A few states have already done it. We're finally kind of starting to see these huge deals, this big M and A that we knew was coming, really starting to happen. I mean the the FanDuel. Um, Patty Power deal uh, would kind of kick things off, but then there was a lull uh, in the past couple of months, as you mentioned, Scott, where a couple of weeks we've had Sport Radar, that, that huge stake sold. Genius has now sold. MGM has a big deal, uh, two deals over the weekend, one of which with Boyd Gaming that will let them essentially share each other's licenses and data across all the states that they're in. That's 15 states already. MGM also has a partnership with... Uh, with GVC, which owns Ladbrokes, which is another one of these massive. Look at the way he European. rattles all this off, bar. You see that? There is. We're finally seeing it. kind he of know, all of this coming here. together. Wow. Um, you can ignore when we talk about everything else, but we get on sports betting and esports. <laughs> listen, listen to Novi Williams. That's Novi underscore Williams for you at home. Novi underscore Williams. Should change that. Well, that's right. And they're going to start uh, down in uh, AC. They're going to start it up also with the Wild. Wild yeah. Wilds. So we are. We're, we're getting fairly close to New Jersey having mobile betting. You know, which would be. A, I mean, it will be a landmark moment. And then, you know, starting early next year at the, at the earliest, you know, New York will probably come on board a few more states this year. I think we're kind of just at the point where this is going to start taking off nationwide. And the companies are now kind of being smart about how they want to partner. You know, this, this MGM and board deal lets them not have to have a casino in every single state because they can sign partnerships to share licenses, et cetera. There's, there's a lot going on behind the scenes right now. So what happens to these brick and mortar spots? People still go. You think they go and eat their wings and watch on the TVs for the big events? Do they go all the time? What? Yeah, I mean, you're never. I don't think you're ever going to see brick and mortar spots like you see in the UK that are just sports gambling only. But if you have a sports book at a racetrack or you have a sports book at a traditional casino, those will remain viable options because you're getting overflow from people who are there for something else. You know, it was big when I was growing up. Bar, you can help me. You're kind of you and I are kind of close, kind of close. I don't want to <laughs> say. I mean, just you're still out front. <laughs> But remember those places that combined mini golf and batting cage? Oh, yeah. The tokens were like, you know, you ran through your token. Yeah. Maybe we need that at the sports book, too. Like, let me go and the kids can do that. I'll watch this. And it's all like an entertainment complex. I mean, you, the sports, I mean, sports betting 
parlors can be vending machines. Sure. You know, theoretically, if, if the if the state allows it, or the zoning, or the licensing, etc., that could be on at, at a at an airport. You know, you could be sitting waiting for your flight, and you could oh, put some God. money into a machine and pop out some tickets. That yeah. it's a very mo- I mean, and mo- and mobile will make you it see, even you easier. See, bar sitting there with a two hour delay, and he's got a drink in one hand, <laughs> and, he, and he's mobile yeah, betting in the yeah, other. Oh my God! He's rooting for the next pitch yeah, to be a yeah, strike. Yeah, yeah. Damn oh, it! God Almighty! Oh, the Pistons! Why do I bet the Pistons? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I I remember that the old I had a Commodore sixty four. Um, I did not doubt that. For I a had with the complete with the floppy disk. Man, I used to love those things. I have no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would right. you Would you bet fastest lap at a NASCAR race? Things like that. You know what? I would. Yeah, I would because uh, it, it, Medina yeah. Rimmer seventy nine. Bubba, Rusty, somebody in the 79 hey, Daytona? No, I have we, no idea because I was not already. even born yet. By the way, since we hit NASCAR, I didn't even bring it up. Uh, uh, shout out to Kyle Busch. Won at my home track, Pocono, yesterday. Probably. Did you go? No, I couldn't go. All the, what do you mean you couldn't no, go? No, no, no. Well, no. by the way, on the air, your son made Eagle Scout. That's right. That's Congra- why I couldn't oh, go. Oh, congratulations. Yes. I I, I couldn't do that. I, I made So now, now he's officially MacGyver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is, too. <laughs> Save you with a with a clothes pin and a piece of chewing gum. He put up he put up a TV rack. He bought a little, uh, I'm just going to say little, it was a 30-inch TV. That's little. That you stand up, the flat screen, and within like seconds, he already put up the rack on the wall. Wow. I mean, wow. But would he rather be playing Fortnite? He, yeah, Fortnite. <laughs> Apparently it does fall far from the and, and happy first anniversary to Fortnite, by the way. No oh God. Okay, moving right along. Uh, this one, uh, way more serious. Uh, a bunch of MLB players and those old tweets come back to haunt you. If you, What's the old Herm Edwards theory? Don't press send. And that's what happens. You send something out crazy and then it comes back to bite you seven eight years later Uh, i still don't get this i know there are some companies that do this if any of these players have agents they should be fired now i don't understand how you don't immediately in this day and age look back at your client's social media and scrub and wipe and just get rid of anything that shouldn't be there doesn't excuse it i'm just looking the business implications that you're there to protect these guys. If you looked, you just need to get rid of it. Yeah, it's it's a kind of a remarkable. The past couple of days, uh, Michael, you're referring to Sean Newcomb, who yeah. was in the middle of throwing a no hitter when people discovered some old tweets of his. It should happen once, felt, right? It, it should have happened just once. And first guy and with Josh Hader, who yeah. was pitching in the All Star game when right. uh, when 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 people dug his up, and and from what I understand, Trey Turner, who's a right. infielder yeah. for the Nationals. His history was dug up by angry Braves fans who were angry that Nats fans dug up Sean Newcomb's history, uh, and they were just looking for somebody to find it. And it, it, it answers your—I mean, it, it's to your point. They were like, "Listen, let's let's find one, hard one of these find. Nationals players has to yeah, have something in his past." Right. They looked around and they, and they found it in Trey Turner. Unbelievable. Well, However, this is—I mean. I assume we're on the same page that this is large. This is, it's a good thing to have these conversations, right? Yeah, no, it, I, it, it's it stupid for players out. not to have deleted this. But if you are someone, regardless of how old you are, if you're tw- tweeting gay slurs, if you're tweeting racial slurs, racial garbage, it yeah. is it is a good thing society wise. I think to have very public, famous people who get criticized are getting booed at stadiums, and and hater was was cheered in Milwaukee. Uh, but I don't as well. get. But I really don't get the excuse of well, you know, oh, I was just, you know, I was young and stupid. 
We um, were all young and stupid. I mean, you I... You can go back and... Go ahead, everybody. Go check my Facebook. Go check my Twitter. Go check whatever you want. Well, you didn't You're have not Facebook and Twitter I, when you I, were And you younger. wouldn't have had this. I, I just don't... I still don't get it. I mean, I... I, I feel confident in myself that no, nothing like this, but I wouldn't want everything I ever said on AOL Instant Messenger to be available for for people to download. I mean, I'm sure there's things unfortunately not this bad Barr, that I would be a, a yeah. I'm not proud of. Unfortunately, I'm a different for, person. Than unfortunately I was for Bar, it's very hard to get the drawings off the cave wall. <laughs> Hold on, you could find old AOL Messenger conversations. Go find it. Medina, you're now the detective. Go yeah, find no, it. Yeah. Medina's yeah. now deleting yeah, right now. Ahead. She's Googling. Well, <laughs> former delete, Bloomberg delete. News uh, sports business reporter, Evan Novi Williams. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's and Josh Allen went through that. It, wasn't yep. it something that uh, just before he was ready to go into the, uh, the draft. be drafted, yeah. Yeah. here comes uh, another tweet that they just found out. I, I, I don't get it. If you, at least... If you're gonna be young and stupid, scrub it. Yeah, you know our test, by the way. We have we have the three question test. Evan and I talk about. It's number one. Does this need to be said? If the answer is yes, go to question two. Does this need to be said right now? If still yes, proceed to question number three. Does this need to be said right now by me? If you've thought about all three and it's yes, go ahead and hit the button. The problem with that is that you think of Twitter very much as a public forum. Yes. Right, and and if you're a 24 year old, right now, you thought of Twitter when you were younger as a means of communicating with friends, and the same with Facebook, right? That that was the way, more so than text messages, certainly more so than talking on the phone. That was the way these guys communicated with each other, in the same way that 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 for me, I'm 30 years old right now. It was AOL Instant Messenger, you know, which was not public, thankfully, but I imagine if you took the the AOL Instant Message. Uh, conversations that people my age had, you'd find horrible things in there as well. And and it's stupid of them to to not realize that this is both a public forum and a message board. But a lot of people when you're growing up nowadays think of these social media things as as a way to communicate between each other and less so as a public platform. And one of these stories, I don't remember which player was out, but some firm, LW Branding, one of their executives said, it's our top priority to go and look and find and sweep. You know, I... When you just told your age, it really hit home. You were born by the time that I was screwing up my first marriage. <laughs> That's how old I am. I love how Barr knows his timeline yeah, by his marriage. Uh, <laughs> Medina, you're not married yet. Just believe me, you'll start tracking everything by your marriage too. You're not. You're, you're on your way. So that'll be the time oh, this happens. You're getting there. Oh, and now on to it. This is even more serious than the. The one the previous we talked about. Very, very serious week. The, it really is. Uh, this let's start with uh, the Mariners. They have acknowledged there have been harassment allegations against an executive, which goes into Bob Bowman, uh, the swim coach. All this with Les Moonves with CBS. This is uh, now. This is what I don't understand. I, I mean, it's one thing to be young and stupid and send out a stupid tweet. I don't get this. At all. Now, again, these are allegations, but still, it's like, don't. Well, here's don't the do part. It. Here's the, the part. History you can't delete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Here's the part that is quite bothersome. The Mariners were three executives, not just one. Yeah. Three executives, and yes, they made payments. And here's the part that upsets me. I mean, the whole thing does, but the women who took the money are no longer with the club. 
all three executives are still with the club, and two got promoted. One's the One's CEO. One's the president. Yeah. Yeah. That's the part I don't get. I, yep. I, I, I just don't get. The women are out. The men are staying and get promoted. I, I do Something not. tells me that will start to change very soon. should mention this Mariner story came at a time where they are trying to press, publicly pressure the county into giving them more money yeah. to stay in Seattle. And credit to the Seattle Times, by the way, that they unearthed it. I, I just don't understand it. Now, again, and I will say this until I'm blue in the face, these are allegations. So you're innocent until proven guilty. But I think about the ones where people have been proven guilty of allegations of, of problems of sexual harassment, and I don't get it one bit. Now, this was only half joke bar, but Eben and I talk to a lot of bankers quite often, and a lot of them, well, hey, what are you hearing? Is there something for sale? Obviously, they always want to be involved in the big deals. Is there something for sale? And only half jokingly, right, Eben? I say half jokingly. Half. <laughs> we we say back, well, no major property, nothing in the big sports right now. No big teams are for sale. But hey, all you need to do is really, you know, hire one of these firms to go look back at the social media or do an investigation yeah. of pick pick an owner, pick one of the owners, and there's a seemingly a decent chance these days that that person will be forced to sell their team for something they've done in the past. I, I, it just I, keeps I, popping up. To I don't get the mindset of a man wanting just have thinking that I can just take it. I guess that's the best way for me to describe it. I don't get it one daggone bit. Right. So well, that's why we love you, Bar. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now feel better. Breathe. All right. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. I'm Michael Barr, along with Scott Soschnick and Evan Dovey-Williams. We are here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week when we speak with the biggest and brightest in the sports business industry. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio, around the world and online as an Apple podcast on iTunes. 